0: Welcome to the Inside Wag Nutrition Podcast, gang. This week on the show, we have Tatum McCann. She's an Olympic weightlifter, and she is the coach and owner of Primal International. If you want to work on strength and mobility in Olympic weightlifting, check it out. She's got you covered. Tatum is also a Wag ambassador. She's been working with one of our coaches, Coach Nicole, for quite a while now, and she has had some incredible results, and her performance has really taken off since working with her coach. Um, she has a code as well, Tatum50. That's T A T U M five zero. If you use that code at WorkingAgainstGravity.com backslash join, you will get fifty dollars off your first month of coaching. It's a great deal, and we hope that you check it out. So, without further ado, let's listen to the conversation with Tatum McCann.
1: a con um a lot of culture wall and tyler childers oh. and gaslight anthem oh Those right who on. Like. that's who i anticipate being my spot that's rack. cool Damn,
2: yeah gaslight yeah. Anthem is great
1: gaslight Anthem is great uh, i have you seen them I, since they came back
2: no no it's been years
1: oh i got it's to see them last year on their i was too young when they first were putting out music but now that they're back i can go to a concert <laughs> so good Absolutely incredible! Did you?
0: I heard um, about that culture uh, Wall. What's his name? Coulter Wall. Colter yeah Wall. The guy, like, he's got the voice of like Johnny Cash, right? Is that this? That's the same guy, like?
1: Yeah, he's got the voice of an eighty-year-old yes. man who yes. smoked mm-hmm. a pack a day his entire yes. life, and he's like twenty-something. Yeah.
0: It's unbelievable. I, a buddy of mine at mm-hmm. the gym was like, "Hey, you gotta listen to this, and it's country." And right off the bat, I'm like, I don't care about it, like, cause country, like, I right off the bat, I write it off because it's country. And he's like, no, 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 it's like, it's like old, like the old style, Johnny Cash, you know, mm-hmm. like old, older. And I was like, okay, sure. And he played it for me, and I was like, whoa, okay, I, you got my, oh yeah, you have my attention now. Um, yeah, that guy's really <laughs> impressive, like, cool stuff, mm-hmm. really legitimately cool stuff.
2: Yeah, very talented. Um, I, I wasn't really familiar with Hozier until probably like the past year. My friend and, um, and, and the last person I was dating kind of like, you know, hit me to the him and then checked out his music and stuff like that. But like, turns out I'm going to go see him at Red Rocks in October. So, yeah. I'm so jealous that's, right now. That's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like an artist that she like fiends over. Where she's like, "Oh,
0: he can do no wrong," you know. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh yeah. You have to. One thing about Chris is that he, Chris lives in Denver, and so he gets like the best yep. of the best coming through town. And then he also has like the best of the best venues. He's got theaters. He's got Red Rocks. It's like it's not even fair. Yeah, not even fair. Mm-hmm.
2: So. Yeah. Yeah. When I moved here as a 17 year old punk kid, I was just like, oh my God, all these venues are within like a 10, 10 minute, you know, radius here. I'm like, cause I used to, I grew up in Maine where nobody came to Maine. Like nobody gotcha. went that yeah. far. Like Boston, Portsmouth, New Hampshire might be like where they'd press it. Right. And then, so it was a lot of traveling through New England just to go catch like Dropkick Murphys back in the day, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, all those good yeah. old bands, you know? So, yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ranted, you name it.
0: Punk, Chris the punk, <laughs> punk rock Chris. Yeah. Well, that's it for the podcast. Thanks for thanks for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I love talking.
1: We just can't discuss exquisite, exquisite. music today.
0: I like what you yeah. do with your hand. There. it is exquisite. exquisite. Yes. Very important. Yeah. Very important <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. Well, uh, we'll just we'll kick it off right from here. Hey, gang, welcome to the Inside WAG Nutrition podcast. Thanks for listening. Today we have a really special one on deck. So Chris, want to do the intro? Want to do the honors? It would be my honor. Uh, Today we have
2: Tatum McCann and Tatum is an Olympic weightlifter and strength coach for Primal International. Uh, She's been working with uh, Coach Nicole, keeping her health and nutrition on track um, and is part of the WAG Ambassador Program. Um, she is also the first guest we have ever had uh, where we need to actually look at her IMDB credits. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, it turns out she was in the movie Click with Adam Sandler and the time traveler's wife. and uh, But we all know her from all of her fun posts on IG, Instagram, TikTok, uh, promoting her love of Olympic lifting and nutrition and everything that comes with it. So Tatum, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, y'all. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for this. Cool. Cool. We are,
3: too. (laughs) We are, too.
2: Yeah. And you know what? Normally, we'd offer an inside WAG discount, and we would save that for the end. But we really want people to know about that at the beginning. And since Tatum is our very special Mm -hmm. guest today, let's just get that right at the forefront to help everyone out. So if you go to workingagainstgravity.com slash join and type in Tatum's code... Tatum 50. It'll take fifty dollars off your first month of either our essentials program or our NCP Nutrition Coaching Plus. That's Tatum T-A-T-U-M 5050.
0: Five, yeah. All right. Official business is out of the way. <laughs> let's get, get into it. it. <laughs> uh, Tatum, it's it's awesome to meet you. Um, I wanted to ask right away, just let's get right into the background of things. Like where are you from? Uh, where you live in now, who do you share your life with? Just yeah, let's let's talk. Let's hear all about it.
1: Uh, alrighty. So I'm from Long Beach. I'm SoCal, born okay. and raised. Um, so this is I guess not technically born, but I got here before I was cognizant. <laughs> so born and raised.
0: For all intents and purposes, <laughs> born and raised. Yeah.
1: For well, intents and purposes, I don't remember ever living anywhere else. I'm from Long Beach, um, so I'm still in the SoCal area. Uh, I didn't venture far for school. I went to Malibu, and then I came right back to Long cool. Beach. This is this is my home. So I've been here. Um, so yeah, this is where again I'm a SoCal girly. I really awesome. am. Um, I love it. This is this is my happy place. Um, and then yeah, I mean, who I share what my life with? I uh, my apartment doesn't allow pets, ooh. so not no pets. pets um yeah. no but i have my my partner both in life and in business uh, his name is jesse oh, cool. um, we've been together for about five years and he's my uh co-coach and business partner with awesome. primal so we've been working on that for a good three and something years as well okay um so that's kind of like my my human
0: my human <laughs> so oh, did you i love that excuse me <laughs> did you guys start primal together Oh, right on. Okay. I wasn't sure about that because it said Primal Coach. I didn't know if you were like working for another, you know, company quote unquote, but that's cool that you guys started that. Excellent.
1: Yeah, that's us. We're co-owners. We started that back in 2020 when everything was chaos we're like, what are we going to do with our lives now?
0: (laughs) And, um,
1: I've, I, I'm on track for my life plan. I'm a planner personally at 15 years old. Um, my, my AP U.S. history teacher had us write letters being like, where are we going to be in five years, 10 years, 15 years, 25 years, so on and so forth. Um, and in five years, when we were all in college, um, he was going to mail them out to us, which he wow. did. And I opened mine, and I was on track. Wow. <laughs> through what? and through, on track. Good for you. I wanted to go to college. Excellent. I thought I would be for business. I went for marketing. So we had a, a very slight deviation there. But where I went to school... What I was going to do after everything on track, wow. I'm a planner. So I was like, "All right, this is <laughs> <Wow>. the time."
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: what affirmation? <laughs> That's incredible. Your little like time capsule to yourself. You must have photocopied <laughs> it and made sure you stayed the trajectory to just help. here.
1: I totally forgot about it. I just right. knew exactly yeah. what my pet pa- okay. where my passion lies. <laughs> Since I found weightlifting when I was in high school, so I I knew that this is what I wanted to spend my life oh, doing. That's Amazing.
0: Can, mm. Let me ask you this: when you when you did that exercise, I mean, if you remember this or not, but did you write it down or did you type it? Do you remember? Uh, handwritten. 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 See, handwritten. I am yep. a firm believer, and I have no way of proving this, and I don't know if people have proved it to be true or not. But I, I'm a big time proponent of writing down your goals something happens between here and the actual physicality of writing something down and i think like whether you're like doing lifting and you're like going for these like big prs or you have a meet and you're like i need this total and you write it on your mirror you know like i've done that uh all that stuff like i'm i just i 100 percent believe that there's something to it and it's just like you're you're proving i want to thank you very much because you're proving me right and that's very that's (laughs) very important it's josh's favorite (laughs) oh that's awesome though um and you just touched on it a little bit but you found weightlifting Mm -hmm. uh in high school correct Mm -hmm. and tell us about that uh
1: so i was a sophomore in high school yeah sophomore in high school um my older sister uh i have many siblings but my older sister was also weightlifting uh she went to college for softball and then hated the team but really liked the lifting part of it um so she was like kind of helped to found their weightlifting team and everything and i went up to visit her for a weekend because i went up to visit her for a weekend and she still had to train she wasn't gonna take a weekend off to hang out with her little sister um so we were in the weight room at her college and her coach uh was oh a wonderful man. Um, so scary to cross country running 85 pound, 15 uh, year old sure. Tatum, who was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And he's like, hey, if you're in my weight room, you're lifting. And I was like, I have no idea oh, what to yeah. do here. I run distance. I don't, I, I've never touched a weight in my life. My sister tried to teach me once and we just got into an argument. <laughs> don't coach your siblings. No. Um, <laughs> so he was like, no, you're in my weight room you're lifting. I was like, okay, whatever you say. Um, and on that day we worked through snatches. I cried twice and, uh, nine years later, here we are. (laughs) Wow.
2: Whoa. That gave you the bug, huh? It did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's incredible. Um, so how, how, did you get into it in high school in terms of like, was it more or less like a sport? Was Did you look at it as like a fitness thing or did you look at it as like a challenge to overcome? Like, what was that like uh, adaption from, you know, doing what you had done before running mostly, you know, and then focusing on this intense sport that requires a lot of discipline, you know, um, because they're they're technical movements. They're not for everyone.
1: That's true. Um (laughs) <laughs> yeah so i had been i got joint issues i'm hypermobile through like almost all, all right. of the joints in my body which leads to its own distinct set of challenges sure. um and mm-hmm. when you are developing your joints for the first time being in like the teenage years and you're running uh like 10 or so miles every single day uh, it hurts your knees mm. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna get on top of this. I'm gonna strengthen all of the muscle around it. It'll help to support the joint. Like I, I figured as much in my in my youth, like, oh, yeah, this will help me with running, and then this will just be good. Like I, it's good to be stronger. Um so over a small course of time, like I got my dad to go into the gym with me. It was right down the street from his work. So I was like getting a ride from him. He had to go back and forth, pick me up from school to go bring me over to the gym. Or when I finally got my license, I just like met him over there. Um, So we were working out together, just doing like your bro stuff. You're like squat bench dead, uh, like normal bro bodybuilder-esque kind of deals. And I was doing like a little bit of weightlifting just off to the side, trying to figure it out on my own because my sister was still off at college and no one at my gym weightlifted. They didn't even have like a women's bar. They had bumper plates, though. Uh, That is how we found this. My sister bought her own barbell. And they had bumper plates. So she just lugged in her bar every day, would <laughs> like lift with it, and then brought like it back out every day. Uh, which turned into me when she was like off at a different gym and all of that. I took her bar that she bought and I lugged it in every day in my 1997 Toyota Rev for <laughs> bringing it out. <laughs> and then I would take it home every day, clean it, and bring it back the next time. So we're just going back and forth. Um, and then slowly my, I started moving more and more towards the Olympic stuff. I realized that cardio is the worst and I no longer had any desire to run. Um, Speaking yeah, Chris's language. Thing that happens in my life.
3: Chris
2: is, yeah. <laughs> let's go. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, let's go. Let's talk shit about cardio. Let's do it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really what I live for is yeah. not doing cardio. Yeah. Um,
2: Hear, yay, hear, yay. <laughs> um,
1: so I got more into that. When my sister would be down for a weekend, she would help me out with stuff. She would just take like a piece of paper or rip a page out of a notebook and be like, all right, this is what you're doing this week. Like, okay. It was probably terrible. Actually, it was terrible. I have a few videos from back in the day, but that was before everything got recorded, sure. you know?
3: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> only PR attempts got got re- like recorded and written down. Everything else was just yeah. lifting. Um so I got into that. At 17 I did my first comp. We did like a mock comp a little bit before that because she was working at a CrossFit gym. Um and then at 17 I did my first comp and I qualified for I think it was technically youth or jude youth nationals. Um Mm -hmm. but that was also when I started dealing with excruciating hip pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've had two surgeries on my right hip because I tore through my labrum. And then I had to get um, a femoral osteoplasty, so they like went in and like shaved my bone down. Oof.
0: Wow! Yeah. So, so oh, how sounds old brutal. were you? I, I, I know there's a timeline because you had mo- a few surgeries, but how old were you for your first one, and then your follow up after that?
1: Twenty twenty one. Wow! Uh, it took a couple years because they didn't want to cut open a teenager. Sure. Which fair. Understand. Um, so we went through like a bunch of different rounds of physical therapy, uh-huh. a bunch of different rounds of imaging, I don't know how many x rays. They just kept sending me back. And I'm like, obviously it's not right. a bone issue. <laughs> you guys have taken x rays, <laughs> my bones have not yeah. changed. They're <laughs> still yeah. there, I promise. Um, so it took it took a few years of trying to go through physical therapy to no avail, and then trying to work through other means to like finally get a doctor to actually like listen. Mm. And they're like, look, if you're saying that you're in pain every day, like, this is probably what it is. You're screening mostly for it, but we got to get in there. It's hard to diagnose because of the hypermobility. My joint moves too much. Um, So he went in there and he's like, oh yeah, you tore through (laughs) that. So I got Kevlar in my hip now, which is pretty cool. I got a very partially bulletproof hip, as I like to claim, but no one should touch that. Sick upgrade. Very nice. (laughs)
2: That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, right? This is the future, then, you know? Yeah.
1: So I was, that was 2019. So I was 20. Um, and then my second one was in 2021 because I went through the full, like, six months of return to sport. And the return to sport was just as painful. And I was like, this seems maybe not right. So he sent me over to someone else. And she was like, oh, yeah your hypermobility means that that like extra chunk of bone that wouldn't bother anyone else. Yeah. It's going to bother you. You're re tearing through oh. your labrum. <laughs> I'm like, Bro, I just got oh. that replaced. So, <laughs> so she painful. went in, shaved that down. Yeah. Yeah. That's it was, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I was gaslighting the pain off. I was like, nah, <laughs> this doesn't hurt. I'm just being soft for like four years. Damn.
0: Wow. So,
1: turns out it it, it turns yeah. out
0: it was it was real it was not just the <laughs> yeah. figment of your imagination there was real pain real real issues going on yo that's that's i mean t- to me listening to stories like that like in the weightlifting world there's people come up with different issues you know a lot of, like, joint issues and things like that. Um, usually, you know, you, you hear stories of people being able to rehab them and, you know, take some time off, do some PT exercises, things like that. But coming back from two surgeries is pretty intense. Like, it's pretty gnarly. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Me and physical therapists get along great. I'm like, dude, I got this. I already know everything (laughs) you're going to tell me. I've been doing this for years. We're just going to hang out the whole time.
2: (laughs) So post, you know, or I guess, you know, dealing with all those surgeries and the injuries and things like that, obviously that's got to like scale down your training and your focus and your intensity and kind of maybe put some speed bumps in your way. But what was the evolution of your, like your weight training, or? you know, Olympic weightlifting during high school. And then as that evolved post high school in dealing with these injuries, like how did that all go about? Like, can you tell us more about that?
1: Yeah. So I realized that there were some things that I could do. Like even when your body hates you, there's always like something that you can do. And I was a firm Mm. believer in that. Um, So I was 17, like trying to figure that out. So taking a lot of time of like, Hey, I'm going to take two weeks kind of scale it back. Don't go above like 60, 70%. Just like really focus on getting the technical work down. Take this time to do what I can. Um, and that two Love weeks it. happened like for months. Of um, Like, okay, this isn't happening. Uh, and then it turned into powers. I spent like a good two years basically doing no like strength training. It was doing powers because breaking parallel was very painful. Um, no squatting, no deadlifting. Damn very little overhead uh, press. That wasn't because of my hip. That's just because I hate <laughs> overhead work and I didn't have the <laughs> discipline to make myself do it. at that point. Um, Fair. So it was just like, all right, I, power cleans, power snatches every day and split jerks, power cleans, power snatches and split jerks. I was like, these don't hurt. I'm just going to keep sure. doing them. So in high school I was training like a good five, six days a week. Um, once the hip stuff I brought it, it just kind of naturally got brought down. I went off to college. I didn't have a gym that I could train at every single day. I started coaching at their CrossFit gym for the sake of being able to use it whenever I wanted to. Yep, That is the correct strategy to be able to get into a gym whenever you want though. Just work there. It's, it's 100%. fantastic. Um, 100%. To, yep. So I started uh, coaching at their CrossFit gym on campus um, and working through that. So I've gotten lifting like again, four or so days a week, pretty consistently. Um, hmm. I've, I said no squatting. It was very rare. I, I have a distinct memory of being in one of my finals weeks at college doing uh, party tricks. I love party tricks. Um, that's what you see a lot on my like Instagram. That's what started that. I'm a sucker for weightlifting party tricks. So like anything that you're like, that's stupid and you shouldn't do it. I, I want to do it. <laughs> it makes me I do want to see it just being like i don't think people are supposed to be able to do this give,
0: give, give us an example okay i have to find give out give us an example because I, i've seen you do like uh what uh one of the videos you put up like more recently was just like kind of uh um like a quick clip roll of like doing like drop snatches and snatch balances and like things like that or like pulls off of blocks and stuff i don't there's like nothing that i i don't know give, give us an example I don't see anything weird about
1: it. So one of the videos, I think the video that I had like the most success with thus far on Instagram is me doing a squat. I think it was a front squat, but I'm not 100% certain on that one um, where I just like sit all the way with my butt to the floor. The The peaks, the like perks oh, of yeah. hypermobility are that um, I can, and, and the, the long femurs is I can get my actual butt to touch the floor with my feet flat oh on God, the ground.
3: Okay. Yeah. yeah so like party tricks. people
1: aren't supposed to be able to do that this is true this is true or doing like even like pistol squats where you just go all the way to the floor and then pop back up oh like party tricks
0: i got you okay i love that
2: I was thinking more like, oh, I you know, I back-squatted 350 pounds on a BOSU ball yeah. or something like that. You know, something like like training for the circus type stuff, you know? That's fair.
1: Those things are yeah. fun. Doing like the uh, sissy squats all the way to the floor sure. and then standing uh, back up from yeah. there. Yeah, that one was hard. That one took me like two hours to be able to be like, I'm certain I can figure this out. I love it. And also, I don't want to do my actual accessories. I was going to
0: say, that's like... Yeah. You're having but, you're yeah. having fun with training. So um, that's like uh, he- hearing about that. Considering all the th- hip issues that you've had, that's even more impressive to me. Like now that you're mm-hmm. all fixed up, you uh, you had a crazy range of mobility before, and now it's like even uh, or maybe not better, but just as good as it was before. Like
1: Yeah, it's about the same. We just kind of took all the stuff that was getting in the way. Yeah. Because I grew wrong and yeah, and you're
0: it. pain free now. I don't want to kick it back to the surgery and stuff, but are you pain like
1: I would largely, largely okay, largely mm. pain free. Um, orthopedic surgeries are like this fun mm-hmm. thing where I don't think you're ever actually pain free coming back mm, from okay. them. Um, a, a day is a little bit too cold, mm. and you're like, oh my gosh, it is aching like not like the rain hit, you know, how like they say, like, well, people would be like, ah, oh, I can the feel the hit. rain coming, it's in my knees. Yeah, I have a rain hit, which is pretty fun. I mean, maybe not super fun, but like it's a a fun thing to have. Um, So like stuff like that or like you stand for too long or something just feels like a little bit off. The stability still has issues on there, but largely pain-free. I'm definitely able to train on it with the intensity that I want to. There's just occasionally stuff comes up. You got to go back to working through your PT exercises and trying to accept that you're going to have a hip shift yeah. forever.
2: Mm, yeah. And constantly staying vigilant of that, you know, working around that has got to be, it's keep you very mindful of your training too, which is probably a healthy thing. Yeah. 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 Well, good. That's great <laughs> to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, what does, like, today, what does your daily training look like today? Like, what what are some specific goals that you might be working on right now? Um, or how have your goals changed in recent years? Um, or has it always kind of been the same, just constant pursuit of betterment?
1: Uh, I think, actually, I mean, there is always the constant pursuit of betterment. Um, that's kind of just been the thing. Like, I want to be stronger. I'm five feet tall. I generally sit around 100-ish pounds. I'm not a big person. I want to be strong. Like I want to have that going for me at least. Um, So that's like a big part of it. I just want to be strong. I want to be good at my sport. I think that weightlifting is beautiful. When done well, the Olympic lifts are beautiful. They're like a dance to me. And I just, I love that. I want my lifts to look pretty, which is why I'm so like trying to find the right word that doesn't have like a terrible connotation to it. I'm very detail oriented. Okay. There we go. We'll use that one. We'll use an interview, an interview word <laughs> here. Um, <laughs> that, that, that sounds good. Um, very yeah, detail oriented a- with that. But like short term, um, I'm doing AO2s in a couple weeks. Um, that's mostly just for giggles though. Uh, I yeah. haven't competed as a 49 since the uh, I came back from that first or from those hip surgeries. I went to nationals as a U25 and competed as a 49. And then after that, I was like, mm, I'm kind of sitting between weight classes. So for the past few years, I've cut down to a 45. Um, that is how I started working with y'all. Yeah. And Nicole has been an absolute godsend <laughs> in my life because trying to get down to 45 kilos is not as easy of a task as it used to be. Um sure. uh, Yeah, so uh, this is going to be me re-entering the weightlifting world, a weight class up, and humbling myself to know that like I'm not going to be meddling. I'm not going to be incredibly competitive at this weight class yet. That's a part Mm -hmm. of it. Got to accept being a little bit bigger and try and get my strength to meet where my body wants to stay.
0: I love that. That's. I mean, I'm sure Nicole has talked to you about this before, but one of the things that (laughs) – we talk about um, often as a staff, and we bounce ideas off of each other. Whether it be like, "Hey, I have a client that's cutting for you know worlds," or I have a client who's trying to come up in weight classes, um, we we kind of pick each other's brains if we're stuck. And one of the things that we really encourage people to do is use weightlifting as a as a vehicle to get stronger and build into. A weight class rather than use it as an excuse to do this extreme cut which unfortunately i feel mm-hmm. is very very common um and yeah again i I'm sure nicole talked to you about the the benefits of coming up or, or maybe it was you that was like I'm sick of this like I would like to perform better at a 49 and I would like to go up to that you know um so could you tell us a little bit about that conversation that you had and how you ultimately i mean you kind of shared a little bit but how you ultimately came to the decision to move up and your uh, level of comfort with coming up in a weight class too
1: yeah so the decision to move down to 45s was because when back in the day when i first started competing it was a 48 Yeah. 48 was the class 48 comfortable sitting perfect then they changed the weight classes and one extra kilo doesn't seem like a lot But it really can't be like in a sport like this. It very much can't be. Um, So when I was competing as a 49, I was weighing at like 47 flat without even trying to cut or like 46 and some change. And I was like, okay, I'm sitting closer to that class. It feels like an easier, like more wise decision to just cut down to a 45 where I'll do better, like competitively because I'm bigger cutting down and I'm already like basically there. And then the cut to get there, once I had added on more strength training and gotten bigger, got significantly more difficult. And I had to realize that I'm not like 19, 20 anymore. I'm grown. I'm grown. Again, five feet tall, 100-ish pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a running joke about me uh, having stopped growing in middle school, um, which is Mm -hmm. accurate. Uh, Yeah, so I had the talk. It had been debated. I wasn't sure about cutting down to 45s this year, Um, but I was like, look, I'm going to hire a nutrition coach who I know, like, they know what they're doing. They work with weightlifters. They know the sport inside and out. And if we can make this so this cut is not miserable, it's, like, manageable, it's attainable, then I think cutting down to 45s is still the right choice. But if I have the help of someone, like, I'm not trying to do this myself. I have the help of someone who knows what they are doing, and this is, like, the worst still. I'm never doing it again. And it was. She was great. She did everything that she could. But when you're cutting down that much and having to like I had to water cut pretty harsh, it's just it makes it so you can't actually yeah. lift. Like this mm-hmm. last nationals, I put out my like competition total was I think the worst competition total I've ever had and is the worst weightlifting day I have had in over a year. Damn because I was just so like drained and dehydrated. I was like, I'm like embarrassed of the performance that I put out because I didn't even hit like 80% of my wow. lifts. Wow. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing I'm this done. again. I would rather suck and be able to perform in a way that I'm proud of than be better in a weight class but not feel like I'm actually competing. Yeah. Sounds a big part of it. Nicole had already, I was like, I'm kind of playing with the idea and she's like, please. <laughs> Please stop doing this to yourself. That's a relieving
2: moment for a coach when there was like that radical acceptance of like, do you want to keep fighting this fight? Or do you want to like, let's stick our our heels in and gain some traction and like show you another way, like another possibility. Because there is that riding that fine line of like, is the goal to make weight? Or is the goal to perform well and be a really formidable athlete here, you know, and it's like rectifying you know, those two things. Cause there is riding that fine line to get you there. And there is what I, what stood out to me was that you said that yeah, I want this to be comfortable, sustainable and like and achievable." And it's cool that you even had the awareness that that's possible before getting the nutrition coaching that showed you that that is actually a possibility instead of what you've known, which is that struggle to continue fighting for this thing that was hard to obtain.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. And I think that coaching has created like an even better perspective for me on this because I would never allow my athletes to put their bodies through what I was happy to do wow, to
3: myself. Yeah, that's, I'm that's
1: like, okay. If I, and my coach was telling me the same thing. He's like, you, you need to stop cutting down. Like you're not a 45. And I was like, just give me one year. So we agreed. <laughs> we agreed. You gave it to me. We did it. And I, I had to come to that decision on my own. And I did, and I'm very pleased yeah. with it because now, like, I'm cutting down to 49 for AO2, and I had fun eating <laughs> after the the three month restriction of trying to get down to 45. Yeah. So we're cutting down to 49 now because wow. <laughs> we're sitting a little heavy.
0: Yeah, but what a, what a change!
1: <laughs> but it's been pleasant. This cut is yeah. easy. Uh,
0: you've mm-hmm. you made a couple posts about it, um, and I was excited that you were coming on the show. during it so we could talk about it, you know, and how much different it's been this, this time around. Um, So that's, that's awesome. So like, so you're sitting, so currently I have to see when this is coming out, but currently at the time of this interview, you're a little Mm -hmm. over 49. So you're cutting down just a little bit, correct?
1: Yeah. I'm sitting at like 50 and some change, but also I'm drinking like two gallons of water a day and, I still have carbs in my system.
0: Sure. sure. And I mean, what's uh, this? What's your, what are your macros at right now? This is just total nerd talk.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I got you. Uh, we're at 110 <laughs> protein, 120 carbs, 37 gotcha.
0: fats. Okay. Nice. Good. And you're doing a little bit of a water cut.
1: Uh, so we'll see. I'm hoping to like not super have to water cut. I'm kind of, I just, Nicole makes me drink water
0: well <laughs> we, we had that talk
1: she makes me drink good. water because i was terrible about my water intake forever Like i don't drink water yeah. i would drink monster and i would drink coffee and i would drink pre-workout um but all of my water had a caffeine content Ooh, to it
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: and i was like yeah i think i have probably had like less than eight ounces of like water today and she's like Tato. <laughs> no i don't know how you're alive right now well, yeah you That's have not
0: all the stimmies in you yeah well, you mentioned
1: <laughs> yeah so um personally i decided that maybe i should cut back on the caffeine a little bit we're down to like a sometimes a monster but not every day Good for you i don't have a pre-workout that i'm in love with right now because the company that i loved the pre-workout for got acquired so they're redoing their formulas and i'm oh. sad um, so it's like a monster occasionally. Coffee in the morning, and I just drink water now.
0: <laughs> I just drink water. I just wild. drink water now. Like,
1: <laughs> you yeah. know, like you a, like a, a human being. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you mentioned two gallons, and I was like, right off the bat, I was like, oh, she's loading. You know, like wow. But yeah. but if you're if you're a two gallon a day kind of person now, then more power too I love that.
1: Um, yeah, we're like between a gallon and a half, two gallons on like most wow. days.
0: Do you feel better? Yes. i oh are, are, <laughs> drinking water is are you like,
1: like <laughs> drinking water and eating protein like i'm a whole yeah. person I,
0: so this is something that, that I, I talk to people about all the time it's like you you're you're really like missing out on a lot of like clarity and you just feel better like i, I could go into like a bunch of different things but it's like overall you're just like you feel so much better when you're hydrated and i actually read stati- statistics yeah. one time that Um, most injuries, most sports related injuries are related to dehydration. So football player pulls a muscle, a weightlifter has, you know, ham hamstring problem or like a low, low back tension or like, you know, something's going on with their shoulder. A lot of times stuff like that is completely, uh, can be completely mitigated. I should say with better hydration practices, um, so, I mean, I, I don't doubt that at two gallons a day, you're feeling like, yo, like, let's go. Like, you're feeling pretty good about it. Um,
1: yeah, really? I honestly thought that. I was like, this is nonsense. Water is not that important. Like, no one actually feels that much better drinking water. It's fine. And then I did it, and I was like, okay, we're going to eat that. Yep. I was wrong. Like,
0: All right. Mm. All right. You win. Yeah. You win. It's the life force. The
2: life force and the preservation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh, yeah, God. yeah, I hope everyone listens to that. Like if you're listening right now, make sure to pick up that water bottle and take a sip yeah. of water. you know be good to yourself. <laughs> um, next question for you, Tatum is um, we want to learn more about how like your own coaching style, has been influenced yep. through the years of like your early years. Uh, Cause that is quite impressive that you got into the sport at such a young age. Like I'm jealous of that. I wish I'd found fitness nutrition in my sense of like ownership of that at a much younger yeah, age than I, same, same. than I did. I did it in my thirties. So, um, <laughs> but it's never late. Um, you can always, you know, make change happen today. But so like, tell us more about your coaching style in terms of like being a strength coach, um, what it is that you want to, uh, apply to your clients? And uh, what are the clients that you enjoy working with the
1: most? Ooh, okay. Uh, my coaching <laughs> style definitely has evolved over the years. I started doing like an internship, which means free labor, um, at a CrossFit gym uh, before I got my L1. <laughs> like, yeah, just stick with 17-year-old uh, to coach this class. She'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, it'll be all right. Um, <laughs> yeah it it was (laughs) so they weren't like totally wrong um so i started coaching like actually working with other people as athletes when i was 17
3: um wow i got
1: my crossfit l1 when i was 18 like barely 18 So i was like okay i'm gonna actually get paid if i have the right certifications for this so i'll i'll get the l1 um so i did that uh but my my focus even then i just liked weightlifting like the crafts and stuff was fine. And cardio is theoretically good for you. I feel about cardio the same way I used to feel about water. <laughs> so we'll see if that ever changes. Yeah. But like at this point in time, I feel like I banked enough cardio when I was running in high school that like I'm good for the yeah, rest totally. of my life. That's not how that banked works. I, I need to be clear. I, I'm aware that's not how it works, but I'm going to continue to lie to myself.
3: Oh, I love it. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. So I started when I was pretty young. Um, and definitely was not like an assertive person in the slightest, like the ability to like tell someone they're doing something wrong. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to feel bad. Yeah. I don't so much have that in me anymore. Um, <laughs> it's part of growing up. Yeah, <laughs> so I, your I, I continued coaching. Yeah. yeah. yeah crazy. Um, <laughs> so I continued coaching at a CrossFit gym in college. Um, and then I, a few years into college or my, junior year I guess I only did three years of college I graduated in three because I didn't want to have to pay for another year of tuition so I just like put my head down and pounded that out That's as quickly awesome. as I could
3: you. Um, wow get so it done
1: <laughs> my last year of college I uh, got my NASM cert and I started working for a 24-hour fitness um, over in Woodland Hills uh, a couple months into that I had my second hip surgery so I was like oh sorry gotta go on leave um, and then I came back for a couple months and then COVID hit. So like, I didn't super personal train. <laughs> I theoretically personal train. Like I had a couple clients. They were pretty cool. We hung out, <laughs> still follow them on Instagram, but like, you know, that, that wasn't so much there. And again, my goal as a trainer was mostly to convince people how good weightlifting is for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I could spend all day coaching weightlifting. Cool. And then COVID hit like everything kind of like, uh, I finished college, uh, in 2020. So my, my final class was like submitting a final online and then just like logging out of zoom, which is incredibly <laughs> anticlimactic. <laughs> what I tell you, that, was, yeah. that was a bummer. Um, so I like walked out of my room cause I moved back into my parents' house. Cause I was living in uh, like the Woodland Hills area. It's like, I, I don't want to pay rent when I'm like not going to school yeah. up here. Thought I had a few more months to figure this jazz out, but apparently not. That's cool like moved back in with my parents for a couple months to figure out what I was doing. That lasted like two months and I was gone again. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I like walked out of my room at my parents' house. I was like, so I guess I just finished college. And they're like,
3: oh,
1: <laughs> And like, that was the- <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah. Like, cool. Like I'm not going to get a graduation or anything. So like, this is it. Cool. Wow. Um, yeah. So after that, Our gym reopened because we had an outdoor area um, in June, like when that was starting to be allowed. And we were lifting, uh, Jesse and I were lifting in my parents' garage. The owner of our gym let people take home like some equipment, like let us borrow because it's like, look, you're not going to be in here anyway. Like no one's using it and just lent it out. And I've, again, I've been at the gym since I was 15. So he was like, you're not going to go anywhere. You still drove back every other weekend when you were living in Malibu to come lift at my gym. Like, you're good. Um, So he lent some equipment. I had already had my own personal bar. I got that a few years back. Um, Jesse had his as well. So we're just doing what I can. I was still like rehabbing from surgery number one. Um, And like I did my like first squat in my parents' brush because that's where we were (laughs) surrounded by like tools and a sawhorse. Like, you know, so (laughs) it's a crush. Um, Mm -hmm. So went through that and then coming back, we're like, look. I, I want to coach. I know that that's what I want to do. Maybe I'm not like totally ready. I had my new off for a couple of years and I've worked with some athletes individually. Um, I've been coaching Jesse for a couple of years at this point. Um, so I have like had experience. I worked with athletes, uh, but like the idea of actually making it something, not just like, yeah, this is something that I kind of do when I get a couple hundred bucks or whatever this is like, no, like this is going to be a business. Yeah. We sat down, figured out the business plan, figured out where we were going to go from there, and then acquiring athletes is actually the easy part. That's that's not something that we're like super actively do. It just kind of yeah. happens. Um, well, which is like pretty do you find cool. that
2: through like word of mouth or just organically people finding you, or how how do you? Yeah, feel mostly that they works? like
1: walk into the gym and then they're like, "What is that?" And we're like, "The best thing in the world. Would you like to try?" And then <laughs> I, we can't help it. Like, yeah. even people who are not actively working with, like, if I see you weightlifting, I'm going to go up and talk to you. It's the only thing I'll talk to strangers about is weightlifting, but I will go up yeah. and talk to you about weightlifting. I'm like, hey, so do you know what you're doing here? I'm like, oh, you're doing power cleans. Are you a weightlifter? Like, the minute you see someone toss on weightlifting shoes and, like, hook grip knee sleeves, you're like, all right, I yeah. caught you. What are you <laughs> here for? Also, do you want to borrow one of our nicer barbells?
3: That's I'm awesome.
1: I like, it just it happens. So it just, that kind of runs through. We ended up picking up some like expanding much more outside of weightlifting. So I have some competitive, uh, like CrossFit athletes who do comps and stuff. Cool. Um, we have a few strong men who are competing, which was one I never anticipated getting into. And now I've been to nationals for like strong man yelling at my, I call him my kid. He is older mm-hmm. than me to be clear, but he is my kid. Um, mm-hmm. He calls me mom. It's a whole thing. Most of our athletes, actually, I would say, call call me mom. Um, they call us like mom and dad.
3: <laughs>
1: I don't know how at like 24-year-old, I, I have a bunch of kids who are older than me, but I do. And I'll own that. These are my children. Um, it's the
2: wisdom you're bestowing upon your children. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I think that that kind of like informs the coaching relationship. Every athlete is a little bit different. So everyone gets a slightly different coach. It's like a running joke that I'm the mean coach though, um, because I will not be hesitant if someone does something and I'm like, dude, that lift was trash. Like you need to do that again. And then they will. And I'll be like, all right, that was better. Good. Like, fix yeah, it.
3: Yeah, that's um, great. It's,
1: <laughs> it's one of my like, it became kind of a motto in our corner, our little corner of the gym with the platforms at all. Um, but like I've always, and it sounds like a joke, but it's one of my like tenants of life it's like, you have to suck before you can suck less.
0: That and like was-
1: through and through, like you have to suck. It's gonna suck. Learning weightlifting, you are going to be terrible and you're gonna kind of hate it. I don't know anyone who doesn't. Learning something new, what you are going to be bad at, kind of sucks. You gotta suck. And then you can suck less. Yeah. Like one of our athletes literally got a patch on his belt that says suck less. That's
0: awesome. That's, <laughs> when I did my l1 are the the head guy the flow master right of the l1 i remember this was in like closing remarks and he said remember in order to be a great coach you must first be a bad coach and it's a, I, I think about that yeah. all the time that's exactly what you're talking about like it's just like what's a word it's like a it's a wisdom thing like you think about when you started and you were talking about oh you know like you don't want to tell anyone that they're doing something wrong you know, and now you're like, you again. You know, and, and they're like, oh.
1: That lift was doo-doo. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like, Try again. They get better. <laughs> <Do-do>. <laughs> and they're like, Ah,
0: oh, oh, okay, will do it again. And then they do it and it's better. And you're like, There you go. It's awesome. That's great. Yeah. That's great. True, like a full circle moment, I feel like that that is for you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Very cool. Yeah, it made me think of a, a like a little another tenant,
2: like success is sucking less. <laughs> <laughs> That's too. Yeah. yeah I'm really, going to get like, a big, just a big neon suck less in my gym now. Just a big neon sign now.
1: Fuck it, it is said so frequently <laughs> that it is just, it is a part of our, our gym culture. Awesome. It's just like, you know, we're everyone's just, screaming. What are you doing today? Just trying to suck less, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I get that.
0: That should be your shirt. Love you that. You should do that. You should get some merch mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: That's a yeah. good
0: idea, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. So one, I guess we're getting up to the, like towards the end of the of our time here together. But um, one of the things that we always like to ask fellow coaches, like this is whether it could be nutrition related or um, like performance uh, related, Olympic lifting, powerlifting, CrossFit, whatever. Oh. Um, what's a piece of advice that you really, really like to give people that they might not want to hear it? but you feel like they need to hear it. Is it everything you just said?
1: The risk of sounding repetitive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It really is. Like getting people to be patient with themselves, I think is something that coaches have to work on a lot because a lot of people just, they just want to be good at what they're doing. Like that's why they're working at it. They want to be good at it. And the amount of time that it takes to do that is often more than they think. The amount of time that it takes to get used to tracking your macros is more than I thought it would. I was like, this is fine. I got a portable food scale. We're good to go. No, that's not like that. (laughs) It takes like an actual amount of effort. And now it is way easier. And now I can be like, okay, like I can finesse. I just knocked out my proteins for the week. So I'll measure those out. They're in little individual portions and I can finesse the rest of my day around it because I didn't have time to like actually prep. Easy. But like starting out, I was so stressed. Like I have no idea what to do. I don't know what to eat. What can I eat? Am I going to be eating enough? Do I just need to be eating boiled chicken and baby spinach? Like that's how my <laughs> sister used to weight cut, and that was terrible. You don't have to eat boiled chicken and baby spinach <laughs> to weight cut, or like to sustainably lose weight. Just putting that one out there. Um, but I think that's like a big part of what I try and instill in my athletes is being able to like be patient and have grace with yourself as you're working through things. And that's not just with weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Like all throughout life, we will want to be good at things. We want to succeed. And it generally is going to take a little bit more work and a little bit more time than like what your vision is. Dig it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's my, my words of wisdom. I
2: love it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's so, um, it's so relevant to everything, not just fitness and nutrition. Like you said, like everything's going to suck at first. (laughs) Nothing you got good at. Did you do that overnight in rare, rare instances anyway, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I like firmly stand by the fact that like, again, most of my experience is weightlifting for myself, but it truly is like a metaphor for any kind of like things you're going through in life, like your struggles, your strife, et cetera. Like I feel like weightlifting has made me a much more resilient person. Just because you have to constantly suck, you are failing all the time. Like you can't be afraid to miss a lift, because if you're not missing lifts, you're not actually pushing yourself.
2: So true. If you're not reaching for it, you're not going to achieve it.
0: Plain simple. That's amazing. All right, Josh. Well, how do you feel about that, man? Another, like we're talking about with Dom. (laughs) There's just like some. There's some notes that, just things that people say and you're like well that's it that's done that's it's not going to get any better than that so that's a great that's a great way to end the show today um, real quick before we sign off um, if you are interested in getting one-on-one nutrition coaching uh, please check out working against gravity.com backslash join and use Tatum's code would you come on it's a hard Yeah, Tatum 50 it's that easy <laughs> gang put it In the space at checkout, and you'll be glad you did. All right, it's it's going to be great. You can work with me. You can work with Chris. You can work with Nicole, Tatum's coach. You can work with any one of our wonderful coaches that we have on staff. Uh, And yeah, it'll be a good thing. It'll be a good thing for you to do. So, no No regrets. regrets. Yeah, no regrets. Tatum, thank you so (laughs) much for hanging out with us today and sharing so much wisdom. And so many cool stories. Really appreciate
1: it. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me.
0: And uh, we'll see y'all next time.